Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CB. S coming up next. We will have Ben Ryder, Sports Illustrated senior writer, author of Astro Ball. We'll talk about his Major League Baseball predictions. He's a baseball guy. We're talking baseball. Are we ready? Because at 140, we'll talk a little bit of basketball because I got to get this thing off my chest about LeBron. And I'm going to quote Homer's Odyssey. I can't believe I'm going to do it. However, Tom, Billy Jack, let's do it. The 2019 MLB predictions. Are right, you ready, Tom? I just want your I want your names. Give me a little bit of reasoning, okay? So we're starting first. No, I'm starting yeah, first. Okay. I'm just well, I'm, I'm just telling you guys. Let's have it. Yeah, I'm telling you guys the parameters. Well, we got to go quick because I want to be able to get to Ben on time. Uh, same thing with you, Billy. Are you going to be ready? Sure. All right. Well, Billy's all ready. All right. Billy's a big baseball guy, and you can tell he's ready. All right. Here we go. We'll start in the American League. The American League East. I have the Boston Red Sox waiting in the division. Who do you guys have? Tom, first. I have the New York Yankees winning the division. Really? Billy Jack, who do you got? I think I got to go Red Sox on that. All right. Two out of three idiots say Red Sox. Central. Cleveland Indians. Tom. I wish there was another team to pick. I don't think the Indians are quite scary this year, but I do think they will win the division. Why do you say you wish there was another team to pick? Because I just think the division's terrible, but if there was another team that really fired me up, I probably would like to pick against the Indians. I, it, it could re- very well be the most boring division in baseball this yeah, year. Agreed. If the if the Twins, you know, they they added some bats. Their pitching is still a little, even though Barrios was fabulous a couple days ago. Um, if their pitching's okay, they might be able to make a run at it. But it could be very well be last year. It was definitely this year. It could be the most most embarrassing. Boring division in baseball, Billy. What do you got? I mean, I just gotta, I just gotta agree. Indians. It's a, it's a bad division. American League West. I have the Houston Astros. Who do you guys have? Tom, you first. This is another no-brainer. Although I think the division should be a little more interesting. Uh, it's definitely gonna be the Houston Astros to win this one. Okay, you guys both say the what? Well, what, Billy? Do you yeah, say the Houston Astros? I do. I do say the Astros. Okay. So we all we're all in, we're all in confirmation there. First wild card, I have. Well, I'll give both wild cards. I think it's all AL East. I'll pick the Yankees and the Rays 
as the two wild cards. Who do you got? Tom, you first. The Rays. How about that? I yeah, like it. I like the Rays. Right. So the first one has to be the Red Sox. I picked the Yankees to win the division, but not because I don't think the Red Sox are amazing. Also, I think they'll probably both be 100-win teams. The Red Sox get the first spot. And then there's something going on, I think, with the Angels this year. I think they're going to squeak into a wild card spot. I, can I Can I ask you real quick? I don't know if 100 wins means what it used to. Because there's so many teams that are like every, it seems that every league is is now subscribing to tanking. Like yeah. we're seeing Brian Flores, the floor and, of the, the league Flores, is, is way yeah. worse than it used to be. Yeah, Flores doesn't want to tank with the Dolphins, but it looks like the Dolphins are going to follow the blueprint of the Browns, which I think is a could be a disastrous move. The Browns, yeah, I know we're talking baseball here, but man, I I don't know if you want to follow that blueprint because it could if they would have picked anybody else, this could be absolutely horrible for the Browns. Um, Shut and the, the Browns NBA, off for ten minutes. Yeah, the 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 Bra- or the baseball. The Braves went to hell. Now they're back. The Orioles are going to be in hell again for another year. They're hoping that they're going to be back. Philly was absolutely horrific, and now hey, people are making an argument for Philly, and I'm seeing more and more tanking. And I'm just thinking, man, does a hundred wins mean what it did a decade ago? I don't think it does. It definitely doesn't. Billy, who you got? Yes, Ken. Both wild cards. Uh, let's see. I think the first one is the Yankees because I picked the Red Sox. Um, and then I'm going to go, uh, Mariners for the first time since what? 2001. Yeah. The Seattle Mariners making the postseason. I like it. All right. To the national league, national league East. I have the national still. Who do you guys have? Tom, you go. A lot of people are picking the nationals. I don't understand I it at all, but maybe yeah. this will finally be the year. I don't know how you could trust them unless you really think that Bryce was the problem and now the problem is gone. I think a kind of opposite thing and not totally just off of the fact that Bryce signed with the Phillies, but the fact that the Phillies were almost there last year and then wow. added an elite bat. I think the Phillies win the division this year. The fighting Gabes. Okay. Let's go to Billy. You Billy, some, who do you have? Do you want some bias? Yeah. Yeah. The New York Mets. <laughs> I'd be oh, happy. Boy. I love Mickey Calloway. Come on. I'd not, love I'm, if the Mets won. I'm not all right, that's fine. I'm, I'm not I'm I'm being biased. I'm not saying that you're gonna hate me for being biased. <laughs> all right. National League Central. I have the St. Louis Cardinals. Who wow. do you guys have? Wow. Tom? So I think this is the toughest division in baseball to pick. And uh, yeah. uh I think that the Cardinals are Kind of a wild pick, but it's my choice as well. I think they will win the division, too. Nicely done, Billy Jack. I think we'll go Cubs, NL Central. Cubs? The That's Chicago an interesting Cubs. one. All right, why the Cubs? Do you think Chris Brown will have a bounce-back year? I think so. Been banged up. Been yeah, banged up big up. time. All right, National League West, I have the Dodgers. I know, I know. A lot of people want to pick the Rockies. It seems to be sexy. I'm picking the Dodgers. Who do you got? Tom? I have slight trust issues with the Dodgers as somebody who follows them very intensely, basically on a day-to-day basis, but they're a powerhouse. They're by far the most talented team in this division, and I have to pick them. Nicely it's a, done. Billy, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Billy Jack. That, that, that's a no-brainer. I, I Dodgers. Yeah. All right, two wild cards. You ready? I got the Cubs, the first wild card. The second wild card, the Atlanta Braves. Wow. All right, I'll mix it up. I think they up. can get it done. I'll mix it up from that then because I actually chose those two, but I don't know that I really believe it as much as I believe that it'll all come from the Central and it'll be the Cubs and the Brewers back in. Hmm. Billy uh, Jack. Let's see. I think I'll go Nats. Yeah. And bah, 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 Rockies. 
Nats and Rockies. Well let's, done. Let's Who do, do you that. guys? All right, now let's do it first. AL MVP. I have Mike Trout. I think it's not too hard to pick him. Tom, real quick. Yeah, I'm not picking anyone else. Yep. You, yeah, that's all Mike Trout. NL MVP. I'm going to take a stab at this. I'm taking the young one. I'm taking Ronald Acuna. Whoa. Yeah, I know. That would be great. Well, because I have I, I have the Braves getting in the postseason. So if I have the Braves getting in the postseason, I think he's got to be a big part of it. He's 21. I think it'd be a great story. It'd be a great youth movement for Major League Baseball. I'm going to take Ronald Acuna being the M- the NL MVP from the Atlanta Braves. Tom, what do you got? Okay, in the same vein, the reason why I took the Cardinals, and I think this is going to end, end up going down as the best move of this offseason, I'm going to give it to Paul Goldschmidt. Wow, Goldie! Getting the NL MVP, I like it. What do you got there, Billy Jack? I, I think I'm going to double down on my Cubs pick, and I say uh, bounce back year for Chris Bryant. It was this would be his second, correct? Yes, I believe so. Uh, all right, AL Cy Young. I have Trevor Bauer, Cleveland Indians. I think this is the year he does it. Tom, hey, that's a hell of a pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Sale. I know he already got off to a little bit of a bumpy start. I, I, the other options to me are not uh, just not good enough. So I'm going Chris Sale. Yeah, I, what I do you got? I, I can't. I can't bet against Chris Sale. I agree with Tom. All right, fine. Two two Chris Sales and a Trevor Bauer. NL Cy Young. I'm picking Max Scherzer. I think it's too easy. Next, what do you got, Tom? I'll happily choose Jacob Degrom here. I think that they're the two best uh, pitchers in the National League. They just pitched against each other. Degrom barely outdueled him. Uh, Degrom just looks like he's an amazing in an incredible place right now. His uh, velocity was insane in this start. He had like 96 I, average velocity on fastballs, 92 can I, on sliders, can I 90 on changeups. I mean, just throwing gas to spots. Please tell me. I, I love DeGrom, and I mean this because I, I have a soft spot for Mets fans, okay? We appreciate but because it's the Mets and they just extended him, yeah, no, you're I'm right. like, nah, I'm not picking him. No, no, not history him tells you that uh, yeah. there's a disaster around this corner. Yes! I Believe felt the same me, way. I know. Yeah, Billy Jack. I'm going 100, percent a thousand percent, Jacob Degrom, and I think, I, and, and I think, complete opposite of you two. I think he's going to be motivated by the new contract. <sighs> yeah. Well, what's motivation though? Yeah, they're all motivated to do well. Like I hate when people bring up contract years with baseball players. Like, oh, well, now all of a sudden he's going to start hitting well. All right. I'm sorry to offend you, Ken. No, I'm. I'm just saying. I disagree, that's all. There's a real-life change that happens when you go from what DeGrom's been making, which is a lot of money, to generational yeah. wealth. Yeah, I think true. he's the kind of person who can handle it, but it's impossible to know until you see it happen. Well, there's been a couple of pitchers we've obviously talked about, the Mets who couldn't really handle it. All right, World Series. I'll go last. Tom, who do you have? All right, so I'm strong on the Yankees this year. I just think that they're loaded, and something about the timing of it feels right, especially if Stanton can figure it out in time for the playoffs, you know, get hot in September going into the playoffs. I think they will make it to the World Series. And on the National League side, you know, I love the Cardinals to win the Central. I love the Cubs to catch fire when it matters and squeak oh. through from the wild card into the World Series against the Yankees. Cubs-Yankees. So, oh, okay. I'll give, the Yankees, right. I'll give the Yankees another championship. <laughs> Mostly in hopes that it doesn't happen. How many games? Uh, that one will go in six. All right. Billy Jack, what do I you got? Mean, I mean, we know I'm high on the Cubs, so I'm going to go yeah. Cubs, Red Sox. And I think the Red Sox repeat in six. Wow. In six. Wow, you're high on the Cubs. You're also high on Whippets. All right. Now, a World Series out of the American League, I have the Houston Astros. 
out of the National League. I have the St. Louis Cardinals. Gentlemen, your 2019 World Series champion in six games, the St. Louis Cardinals. My Lord. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm high on peyote, baby. We're feeling good. I love it. And I do love the Astros pick, too. I mean, it wouldn't, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros are all so absurdly good that if any yeah. of them made the World Series, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if I've – I think I got this right once. I think I got this right with the Red Sox once a couple of years ago. Usually I get these things wrong, though. I had the, I had the Pirates win in one year. That was bad. But, yeah, I got the – okay, so I got the Cardinals. You have the Red Sox, Billy. And, Tom, you have the Yankees. That's correct. All right, put it in there. We'll open it back up in about six, seven months. That's fantastic. All right, you know our 2019 MLB predictions. We'll get another one with Ben Ryder. His is much more informed than ours. Sports Illustrated. He comes up next on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Coming up in just about 20 minutes or so. We have found the new LeBron. Correction, we have made the new LeBron. And also, for all you coaches out there, beware LeBron's siren song. Right now, though, we got to preview Major League Baseball. I picked the St. Louis Cardinals over the Houston Astros. To talk about it, we welcome in Ben Ryder, Sports Illustrated senior writer, author of Astro Ball, at Ben Ryder on Twitter. Ben, how you doing today? Good, Ken. How are you? I'm glad to have you. I'm doing even better that I have you on the show. Who did you pick to win the World Series and why? Well... I picked the Astros again, and it's not because I wrote the book about them. I really tried to sit down and look at all these teams from a clear-eyed lens, and I still believe that pound for pound, the Astros are the best team in the league, starting with Verlander and Cole at 1-2, going through an offense that was top six in the league last year, even though it was missing for great chunks of the season, Jose Altuve, George Springer, and and, uh, Carlos Correa and extending through a bullpen that's as deep as anybody. So I have the Astros winning the thing. I know you have them in the World Series, and I have them defeating the Washington Nationals, who will finally not only win a playoff series, but win two of them to reach the World Series. I I cannot believe this about-face that we've had with Astros baseball, Ben, over the last five, six years. I mean, there was a time, and you know this, uh, you're you're the guy who authored the book on the team, but there were there were people out there who were outraged, just outraged with ownership about, well, you're only spending this much and you get this much just to open up the gate. But obviously we know there was a plan. I think, though, that some of the outrage then, it, it comes with a failure to trust with other organizations. How do we get other organizations to do what the Astros did where it has built goodwill and understanding amongst Astros fans that, yeah, we've got a plan, and when we get to that chance – we will execute it, and we will pay players to stay with our baseball team. Well, it kind of has to work, right? I mean, I don't think anybody <laughs> would be lying the Astros if they continued to be the disastros, uh, even if they did institute this very forward-thinking plan into which I dive in very deeply uh, in the book. So it has to work. I think, actually, the Astros have made it easier for teams to follow this path, right? They're the pioneers. They're the ones sticking their necks out being terrible for a few years while they were creating a nucleus that they thought could win in the future, making good decisions. And they've done every step of the way exactly what they said they were going to do, right? They were transparent about the whole thing. And now you look up, owner Jim Crane always said, when we're good, we'll spend money. Well, here they are. They're top eight in payroll. 
So really everything they always said they would do, they're doing. Now teams that are following in their path can kind of do this with less blowback. I look at the Baltimore Orioles, which are, of course, led by several of the guys who led the effort in Houston. Mike Elias, the GM, was Jeff Luno's assistant. Sig Meidel was his head of data uh, sciences. They're leading the effort in Baltimore. I'm sensing a lot more optimism and understanding in Baltimore than certainly that group was met with in Houston. Although the flip yeah. side of the coin is now that a lot of teams are trying to do the same thing, the path forward is going to be a lot harder. Well, do we see a little bit of maybe classism in baseball? Because the reason why it's like I, I always equate it to a neighborhood, and, and they're all in the same neighborhood, but obviously some houses are, are nicer than the others. And I, I feel that there's more of an argument for maybe some of the fans in middle America where they would rather almost, everybody wants to compete for a championship, but I think some fans would rather be able to say that they can afford a $300-plus million player than even win a World Series when we found out many times that that investment doesn't always work, Ben. It's possible. I mean, I think that the Padres, speaking of 300 million players, are probably going about it the right way and that they're doing both. Like, their future is completely based on this incredible farm system that A.J. Preller has built there. And we're already seeing Fernando Tatis Jr. up in the big leagues and making an impact. Uh, But you kind of, on top of that, it's great to have the spending power to add up Manny Machado for $300 million as kind of, you know, the cherry on top of the pie, I think. I think you still need to spend money. You're not going to win just by being cheap all the way through, that's for sure. How did you take the comments of Paul Dolan in Cleveland earlier this week? Oh, man, I didn't take them well, you know. (laughs) I think, look, Cleveland for years, talk about a team that doesn't have a lot of resources. Comparatively, uh, they've clearly kind of shown all smaller market teams that you can still succeed. But at some point, you know, ownership has to step up and say, look, like we've built this thing. It might not be the most profitable enterprise personally, but, you know, I own this team not just to make money, but to win, really, to provide my city with a source of pride and entertainment. Uh, It seems as if that latter consideration is not at the top of Mr. Dolan's list. Ben Ryder joining us on the show. Well, I think it's a fear, especially because, you know, I'm based out of the city, and I brought it up a couple times, obviously. But, um... I, I like the Dolans because I know that there is a commitment to keeping the team in Cleveland, and that's always yeah. been a fear historically here. But then when you're told that, a lot of people get upset. Where do you find a happy medium? Because the front office has done a pretty good job over the last decade or so. They've done a great job, clearly. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a team that competes every single year. If they don't win the AL Central, yet again, it's a shock. And maybe on some level, you have to give them credit for explaining the financial realities in a transparent way, just like Jim Crane once did, saying, essentially, well, enjoy Francisco Lindor for the next three years, dot, 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 right? What's going to happen three years from now? He's saying most likely he won't be an Indian anymore. So perhaps as far as setting expectations, uh, that's helpful. It's helpful they're in the AL Central, which is an easier division to win than almost any other Uh, And even with a low-budget team, if you make the playoffs, of course, you always have a chance of winning that tournament. That's just how baseball works right now. we got Ben Ryder joining us on the show, Sports Illustrated senior writer, author, Astro Ball. Find him on Twitter at Ben Ryder. Do you think we should have made a big deal of of Bryce Harper getting booed in Philly? I kind of thought it was fun. If you're going to demand excellence, demand excellence. (laughs) No, I think, (laughs) look, 
This is what he signed up for, right? He's yeah. getting very well paid. And he didn't want an opt-out, right? He said, I want to be in the same place in the next 13 years. Of course, that never added up to me because a player opt-out still gives the player the power to stay in the city if he wants to. I certainly wouldn't draw too many conclusions uh, out of one or two games. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be 13 years uh, come hell or high water. There's a team that not a lot, is there a team out there that not a lot of people are talking about that you're really excited to break through in 2019? I think there is. You know, we're in a very polarized baseball world right now, so it's almost hard to come up with sleepers because the division champions seem so obvious. You can reel them off. The playoff teams almost seem so obvious. A team I'm really liking the looks of, and I think they had a really smart off season, was the Minnesota Twins. They've kind of been up and down over the past few years. Everybody's discounting them to win the AL Central, including me, because the Indians are still there. Mm-hmm. But you look at the combination of young, rising talent they had on the roster, like Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, Byron Buxton, I think, is ready to take the next step, uh, Jose Berrios in the rotation. And then you look at these really smart, kind of lower-level offseason additions they made, Nelson Cruz, C.J. Crone. Uh, guys like that, I think that this is a team that has a shot at least to win a wild card, which should be surprising to many people. The book is Astro Ball by Ben Ryder. You can find it just about everywhere. Can you give me some of the nuance that's in the book as well? I don't want you to get everything away because obviously I want people to buy the book for you. But what can you tell me more about the book there, Ben? Well, it's really about how the Astros were pioneers going beyond Moneyball to look at not just inefficiencies in performance data, but folding in the human factor, folding in concepts like growth mindset, who the players are, what drives them, what their scouts could identify that the numbers weren't showing, weren't, weren't, that weren't a revealing. Uh, folding that in with the most advanced analytics department in the world, or in the baseball world anyway, to get the best out of both man and machine and doing it in a very rigorous way. It's really a story of how any organization that's down on its luck down on its luck uh, might make use of a lot of these techniques to uh, find success and certainly the Astros have found success and they're not going anywhere anytime soon do you think that this is maybe why some of the salaries have been driven down just like what we were talking about where we were people were arguing about collusion people were saying some really nasty stuff towards the owners but you give me this great example here and it's worked the Astros are an incredible team you picked them to win the World Series I think a lot of people agree with you and it's based off this type of work that they've done or maybe more teams going well wait a minute I don't have to pay you this much over this amount of time to be a competitive ball club for that amount of time I think the Astros certainly shoulder a lot of the blame for what's happened in the free agent market. Blame from the player perspective, anyway. They're incredibly focused on properly valuing players, on valuation. Valuing them not based on what they've done in the past, but on what they project them to do in the future. And they're incredibly disciplined about it. You know, agents have told me, when you go into the negotiating room with the Astros, there really isn't negotiation. They're very nice. They're very clear. They essentially like write a number down on a piece of paper and say, this is what we believe your guy's worth. This is what we're going to pay him. Take it or leave it. I think a lot of teams are following uh, in, that foot, in their footsteps. I think it's more of an ideological shift than collusion or anything like that. Of course, that begs the question, why is the baseball salary structure the way it is? 
why aren't players free agents until they're past their primes when their values are nowhere near what they were when they were under cheap team control. That's going to be the battle in the CBA negotiations that are coming up. Uh, But as far as why it's happening, certainly the Astros have, have led the way in establishing this new way of valuing players. The book, Astro Ball, great look at how the Astros became the team that they are. Really a new wave of thinking in Major League Baseball. You can find it on Amazon, and if you can find it on Amazon, you can just about find it anywhere. Ben Ryder, the author of it, he's from Sports Illustrated. He's a senior writer. Find him on Twitter at Ben Ryder. Ben, we thank you for the time, my friend. All the best. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Ben Ryder joining us on the show. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, we found the new LeBron of the generation and... Heed his siren call. Do not go to it, Ty. Do not go to it, Doc. I'll tell you why next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Speak now, forever hold your peace. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. You switch to Geico, you could save a ton of money. 15% or more in just 15 minutes. You need homeowners, you need renters, you need motorcycle insurance. They got it all for you. Get it all at Geico.com. We got Gresh coming in next. That's going to be a hell of a show. I love Gresh. Is Tom in yet? I'm here, Ken. Tom, I remember what I wanted you to ask me for five burning questions. Cliff Kingsbury and the cell phones. I, let me get this off my chest real quick because I won't be able to do it next week because no one will give a damn. Probably no one gives a damn now, but I'm just going to say it because I feel like saying it. Cliff Kingsbury is letting them have cell phones or cell phone breaks during meetings, in between meetings, or just during the day with the Arizona Cardinals this year. A lot of people think that's forward thinking, and some people, they get all worked up, millennials, which is, I don't even know if we're millennials anymore. What is it, Gen Z now, Gen X? What? Not Gen X, what is it, Gen Double Z? I have no idea. I think where they're kind of getting out of millennials now, those early 20s guys. But some people took it the wrong way. I don't care about that. You want to look at a cell phone, look at a cell phone. However, I think it might not be great for productivity. And the reason why is not because, well, these guys, these kids, they're just addicted to their cell phones. If you're looking at a cell phone during meetings or in between meetings or when you're given a break, my major worry is who these guys are, especially your number one overall pick in Kyler Murray, especially some of the other guys who are probably well-to-do, well-known players about town. One, you're probably going to get texts from people who probably shouldn't be texting you in the first place unless it's an emergency, and then they're worried about the emergency. The second thing is most guys, most people, why do they want to go to their phones anyway? Social media. As a person who has to use social media For the purposes of doing this, I don't think it's a good idea. There are times during the show where I have to get rid of Twitter, get rid of Facebook. If I had Instagram, I'd have to get rid of that. If I had Snapchat, I'd certainly have to get rid of that. Because what it'll do if I look at it during a break, every now and then, somebody says something you ain't going to like. There are bigger public figures than I could ever be. And when I get back into it, I have to admit, when Lima and I, my my normal co-host every single day in the mornings in Cleveland, when we get back into the segments, every now and then I'm a bit confused or I'm, I'm a bit distracted. So I can't imagine if you're an athlete and you have people who send you hundreds of things a day and most of it either great or horrible. There's no real third direction. 
if you read something nasty and you're not ready for that or you're not understanding of that and you get worked up over that, it's probably not the best thing for when you go into a meeting. That's why I understand what Cliff Kingsbury's trying to do. We have short attention spans. We've had shorter attention spans for the last 20, 30 years. People don't realize it, but we do. But I don't know if it's the best thing. Maybe a break in general is okay, but if they're just using the break to get on the phone to check Twitter and somebody says that they suck and they need to be cut, don't know if that's the best way to go about the day's business. 855-2124-CBS. I can't believe I get to do this. I finally get to do this. Come this way, honored Odysseus. Great glory for the Achaeans. If I said that wrong, I'm sorry. I've never done this before. But great glory for the Achaeans. And stay your ship so that you can listen here to our singing. For no one else has ever sailed past this place in his black ship until he has listened to the sweet honey voice that issues from our lips. Then goes on, well pleased, knowing more than he ever did. For we know everything that our Gibbies and the Trojans did and suffered in wide Troy through the gods' despite. Over all generous earth, we know everything that happens. Most of that stuff I read, I don't even understand. And I probably mispronounced a bunch of it. But what that is, is the siren song of Homer's Odyssey. Those are the sirens talking to Odysseus, the ones that he was warned about not going because if you get too close to the rocks, it's over. And if the sirens get a hold of you, it's certainly over. He was warned. But you must beware the siren song. Just like Ty Lue and Doc Rivers must beware LeBron James. We're in year 16. And what was read to me during five burning questions earlier today should be taken as a warning. Dave McMenamin asked LeBron James about the current makeup of the organization, or I should say current makeup of the roster. LeBron's retort, and Tom, you can certainly back me up on this, was <laughs> that's what his response was, according to Dave McMenamin. That's exactly right. You have a guy here 16 years in who I don't think, I wonder if he gets it anymore. Or maybe he's given up on it. And, and if you're thinking about the guys that are there, maybe he's just given up on them. And if you're a LeBron lover, then that's possibly how you take it. But 16 years in, and there's been lessons that he's just never learned. And when you have the preeminent player of the generation, it seems like it would be something that would just be perfect, right? I'm going to get LeBron. We're going to win. We're going to do these incredible things. But just like LeBron can't get primetime players of a younger generation to play for him, and I mean play for him, do you really want to try to be the guy who tries to coach him? There's been two guys who have been able to get LeBron James' attention during his career. Neither of them have been in the NBA with him. Drew Joyce, Keith Dambrot when he was in high school. Other than that, it's been contentious at best. The only guy he sort of got along with, maybe Ty Lue, maybe Eric Spolstra, but we know how things started with Ty Lue, or with, with Eric Spolstra, and we know how things ended with Ty Lue. If you're a coach in the NBA now, look at Luke Walton, 
Look at how people felt about Luke Walton, who does not have a lot of talent outside of LeBron James, which the makeup of it is terrible. Look at Luke Walton, who will be an NBA head coach again, and remember just how excited people were for him leaving one of the gold standards of professional basketball history with the Golden State Warriors. Look how tired he is. Look how exhausted he looks on the sidelines. How exacerbated things are because of what's going on around him. He is at his wit's end nearly every single night in L.A. on the road. It doesn't matter. This was one of the young, fresh faces of the NBA and NBA coaching. One of the new guard of NBA coaching, the new level of thinking. He looks like a president at the end of two terms right now. And it's only been a couple of years. Most of this... It's the Lakers. Most of this is not doing what you were supposed to do. I can't give him a full pass, but a lot of this is you got LeBron, and when you get LeBron, a lot of guys think that things are going to be perfect, and they're just not. You get in a player who thinks he knows more than you, he will use you as his scapegoat, which he is right now, and so will the fans, which they are right now. He will undermine your power at nearly every single turn he gets. And remember... I say power, you don't have power. It's LeBron. He's the player. Every decision the Cavs made was based on him. The decisions that were made in the second two years with the Heat leading into what his third year was going to be, or fifth year, was led for him. And that's part of the reason why Pat Riley's been so upset about it. You think you have power, you don't have power. And then just look at the history. Name me a head coach, and he's won three titles with two different head coaches. Name me a head coach who's just been in love. Those guys have won. Ty Lue knows there's questions. Eric Spolstra knows there's questions. The guys that didn't win with LeBron James, I can't imagine how David Blatt feels about LeBron James right now. And then look into the future. This is the first time in LeBron James's career you question his future. You question what he's going to do for the rest of his career. And now we're talking about him with the groin injury where somebody was out there earlier this week and we were talking about it on the midday shows, talking about whether or not he should have been out for the entire season when he originally did the groin injury. We're going over a 34-year-old man going on 35 who has played 16 years now in the in the NBA, but with the equivalence of the two postseasons of full seasons of the postseasons that he's had, really 18 years in the NBA. you got to ask yourself, how many wheels does he have left? How much tread is left on those tires? And will he agree with me? Like any aging star, like any person who's done anything highly, and hopefully, and I mean this, it happens to me because that means I did something well, there is a refusal to believe that Father Time is there. There's a refusal to believe that times are changing and things are going on without you. It happens to all of us. And hopefully it happens to you, and again, me, because it means that you've accomplished something in your life. And it might be going on now with LeBron. Because remember, everybody except Dwayne Wade, who's retiring after this year, has played for LeBron, not with LeBron. Chris Bosh, for LeBron. Kyrie, for LeBron. Got sick, left. Kevin Love for LeBron. Nobody except for Dwayne Wade has played with LeBron James. You think that's going to change in year 17? Hey, the Lakers have as good a shot as anybody. They have the history. They can try to make him change. They can try to make him see the air of his ways this year and see and understand that 
I know you went to L.A. and the Lakers just happened to come with it. You're not bigger than the Lakers. You're not bigger than what's hanging up in the rafters. You're not bigger than the mystique. You're not bigger than the history. You think you are, and by a business standpoint, maybe in that case you might be. But in the terms of what made you an icon, the game of basketball, you're not. The Lakers were here before you were here, and they should be here long after you were here. And the blueprint that you've left that other players are supposed to follow is still the footprint that you're supposed to leave and what made you a legend. And in the 2018-2019 season, LeBron James has forgotten that. And if you're one of these head coaches, a guy who has been very rarely told no, and guys who even have a relationship with him, you want to coach that? You want to deal with that? A guy who might be holding on to the end, a guy who you have to question on what his motivations are and whether or not that he really wants to practice what he preaches to young guys in the in the gym and on his own basketball team, even though he's getting caught by fans while he's doing albums with two chains and then taking the next day off against Golden State for load management, a guy who shows up to the arena with a glass of wine, a guy who Snapchats and Instagrams bottles of tequila, you want to deal with that, is what you're telling me. A guy who might be more concerned about Space Jam 2 and might be more concerned about his holdings politically as well as off the court and business-like, or a guy who wants to win another championship. If he won another championship, he can't catch Michael. He won't catch Michael. But he would leave an unbelievable legacy that I could then argue for him. But if I'm more interested in it than he is, where am I to go? For that case, even though I said words that when I was a kid and I read Homer's Odyssey... I didn't understand him, and I don't understand him now, and I bet you probably didn't understand him. But we get the overall gist of it. Be careful what you hear. Be careful, because it could be too good to be true. And in going into year 17, before they finally put Luke Walton out of his basketball misery with the L.A. Lakers, you might want to be careful. Because what used to be great, what used to be exciting, what used to be the all-time generational player might not be what he's cracked up to be anymore. And guess what? He ain't blaming himself. He's going to blame you. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Big thanks to Tom DiBenedetto, Brian McKeon, Billy Jack, Craig Caserta, Darwin Zook, all doing a fantastic job. I'll be back next Saturday. Until then, have a wonderful week, my friends. Take care. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.